Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Baka 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 Podcast. It's amazing how every time you open your mouth, you prove you're an idiot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Baka Baka Baka. We're an anime podcast where every two weeks we come together, we discuss an anime that we've recently watched as if we were a book club, and then we turn our discussion, once it's completed, over to our comment section to let you carry it on. That is the premise of the show, and we hope that you enjoy listening and get to want to engage with us. Wow. <laughs> it was so good right up to the end. <laughs> Don't expect us to engage back because we're having trouble talking <laughs> anyway we recently watched the genius prince's guide to raising a nation out of debt and to help me talk about it i need the help of my co-host first off we have the australia in my game of risk it's jeremy how you doing pretty good i, I like that yeah yeah it makes sense the, the one place where like nobody can get you <laughs> um yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Work has been really busy, so I haven't had as much time to goof off as usual. But uh, we had a crazy internet outage, and I got, had to go and work at the library for like all day yesterday. So that was a interesting experience. But uh, it's back, thank goodness. I Nothing else. Li- I love libraries. I do too, but it sucks to have to work when you're at the library. I want to go browse and read and. <laughs> My my very first official job, I did fast food for like a week and then and, and just was out of there. My first real job was a page, which is putting the books back on the shelf at a library. It's the most quiet, peaceful job ever. There's like no stress. It was a, a little community, so it wasn't like there was a ton of work to do. It was just like, here's my next stack of books, and this one goes here. And, oh, look, a Spider-Man comic book. I have time to flip through this, and then I'll put it back on the shelf. <laughs> Best job ever. I, when I retire, I want to go do that. <laughs> this little fun thing. That's awesome. Right. We also have the Gandhi to my game of Civilization. It's Jason. <laughs> How you doing? Doing well. Um, definitely not going to use nukes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the most bloodthirsty <laughs> faction. Especially Civ Five. Oh man. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, so I got to try out two games. Um, No Man's Sky. I, when it first came out, I was all hyped for it. And then we, all the reviews came out and it just was terrible and people got refunds. And Hello Games did this long campaign of we're just going to keep making this awesome. Um, I bought it and downloaded it. I'm having a blast. It's pretty uh, cool. The, the amount of options and things you can do in the game is kind of staggering, especially for somebody that's never played it before. So, and hasn't had that progression. Um, so yeah. Uh, but then the other one, it, uh, Anna Cruz, it's made by the same guys who do, uh, it's like a side project that the same, same guys that do Back for Blood and, uh, the Left for Dead series. Um, is it Anna and it's based. Crisis? Yeah. Anacrusis, okay. Um, it's kind of a reskin. It's four player horde get through the level, um, different types of monsters, but they're aliens this time. But it's an alien species that takes over people, so they're basically zombies. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
but the gunplay is uh, pretty neat. And then um, it, it's got this like retro sci-fi. So it's like 70s in space. <laughs> and it's um, it, it, it's it's cute. Uh, but I, I don't I don't know if it's for me long term, but it's definitely fun <laughs> in a group. But I mean, uh, rubbing two sticks together is fun with your friends. So that's not a really good bar to hold something to. But uh, yeah, uh, definitely going to keep playing No Man's Sky, though, and uh, making great progress on Path of Exile for, for all those uh, fans that care. Oh, yeah. Anyone just hear all those crickets? That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. What, last thing. Uh, the mechanic itself, it is what it is. It's real simple. It's not particularly interesting. They've got a new item called a recombinator where you just take two items and mash them together, and then it randomly picks from the stats on it and gives you a new item. Um, one of the most powerful things or one of the most painful things I've ever... <laughs> it's Get like going through, but it's 50-50. Um, it's either you're going to get a really great item or you're just going to get something that you're you, you now you get to sell. <laughs> nice. All right. can, you, can you recombinate epics? No. Okay. Only rare items. And my name is Troy. Uh, I'm halfway through season three of Attack on Titan. So I decided to finally sit down and, and watch through that. Season two is so much better than season one. Uh, and season three has been good, but not as good as season two. Season two was like tight and it was, it wasn't very long. It was a short season and it was just this really intense story. Uh, season three is now going into answers and stuff, but, uh, about halfway through it. Um, and then I watched the newest, it just came on Amazon Prime. So I got to watch the newest James Bond, uh, the last Daniel Craig one. And I love spy movies, which is how I know I'm old now because I just, <laughs> All spy movies are automatically great to me. So I, I enjoyed it. Um, I have an issue with it, but I can't talk about the issue without spoiling the movie. And it's not what you think it is if you've seen it, but it would still would be a spoiler to discuss. So and it's a, it's a an issue I have with movies, not just that movie. Not your complaint, but I remember when it came out, there were, there was tons of hate for it and not that. The action was bad, or the story was all that terrible, but like there was just like certain things that people just did not like about it. Spe- specifically, you know, part of the ending. So, yeah, I, I can see people be upset, but it. I was fine with it. It was fine. I had a good time. Okay, let's go on and talk about this anime, guys. Um, super exciting anime. Let's do non spoiler reviews. For the Genius Prince's Guide to Raising a Nation Out of Debt. Jason, this is your pick. Why don't you start us off? Um, if the only two ups, uh, animes that I watched this year was this and Ranking of Kings, this would be a five. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> all things considered. <laughs> but, uh, no, I had fun with this one. Um, it's definitely got its weaknesses. Um, Troy made a great point that I really didn't put into words in our chat that there seems like there's some budget issues. Um, I even mentioned to Jeremy, I was like, wow, this, this is not looking good. <laughs> the, yeah. the animation is just, it looks like they took a paper cutout and just like bring it closer to the screen. And, <laughs> um, 
but besides that, uh, I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the characters. Um, very much uh, just a popcorn flick. <laughs> Jeremy, what'd you think? Um, I, I found it to be very mediocre. Um, it wasn't particularly bad, so to say, but at the same time, I, I really wasn't enjoying my time with it. I would, I would rather watch something else. Um, but there are worse anime. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, I think my, my biggest issue was the amount of exposition. Like there were some interesting ideas and there's some interesting strategies and political intrigue. Um, but, I kind of want to be surprised. It's like when you have a, a murder mystery and every step of the way, everybody's telling you what they're all thinking. And Sherlock is like analyzing everything. And, and he's right from the beginning, <laughs> you know, even if he does give you like a swerve here or there, like every single thing is exposited in this. And it just takes away any sense of, of being intrigued or surprised by what happens politically or tactically. Jeremy, you could... You wouldn't be able to make the complaint that there were too many tears in this one, though. Just no, you're right. You're right, and that—that's worth a point by itself. <laughs> I would just like to point out that we have had two podcast episodes to discuss ranking of kings, uh, and it lives rent-free inside your guys' head. Um, <laughs> also, your guys—you act—you act like you're dunking on it, but you're like, yeah. These are old dated references because I'm old. You're like, dude, where's my car? Isn't a great movie, but at least it's not the Godfather. That's <laughs> <laughs> not the the diss you think it is, guys. Um, that well, feels like a diss. I'm not intrigue animes. I'm not. I'm not going to defend Ranking of Kings. I have said everything I have said about Ranking of Kings in our past <laughs> two episodes. And if you would like to continue the discussion, you can listen to those episodes and comment on them like every other listener, Jeremy and Jason. Because we're not talking about that anime anymore. <laughs> this is not the Ranking of Kings Part 3. This is the long title of this anime. Yes. And I will share my feelings about that. Is that it's... We watch a lot of anime that are high budget. So I try, I'm trying to be nice to this. I was very bored most of the way through it. The characters are mostly one note. Um, there are some relationships and some dynamics that I enjoyed. There's not really a theme... Or a point. So I thought, okay, maybe this is like Love is War or Sleepy Princess, where, you know, it's a, it's a sitcom, really. But I, it wasn't like relatable like a slip, sitcom. Like I relate to Sleeping Princess in that I want to sleep all the time and who cares about what's going on? I get and that. A trap with a bed in it might just work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I have a hard time doing it as a sitcom too. Uh, we'll get into more details of why I think. I think everyone's doing the best they can on it, though, and I don't, I don't, I'm not hating on it either. It, it, it has its moments. It had some plots that I I enjoyed slightly, but overall, I was like, man, I gotta watch how many more episodes of this, <laughs> and, and I'm looking forward to moving on. All right, let's talk about the OP and the outro. What did you guys think? I like those. Mediocre. Uh, the ending I didn't hate, but the OP, you know, the visuals were okay. They they weren't amazing. It wasn't something that pulled me in to watch it every time. But 
the music was good. Uh, their choice of OP song was not some I'm going to add to my list, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, the OP definitely seemed very much, uh, you, you put it this way, Troy, where it was like just parts of the anime. <laughs> and then and then you'd have characters superimposed on top of that. But it did a pretty good job of like giving you a sense of who the characters were. And I know that that's just standard fare for an OP, so that's it's nothing spectacular. Um, but they did they did what they were supposed to with the OP. So it was, it was okay there. Um, I actually had a little bit of trouble with the, uh, the, the outros music and, and, and the reason being the tone shift where there were times where the anime had just ended with something that was perhaps a bit serious or a bit dark. And, and then it shifts to this like happy, relaxed music. <laughs> like this has happened in other anime too. This isn't unique to this one. But it's definitely something that that I'm not particularly fond of because it just takes me out of like, what am I watching? <laughs> is it is it supposed to be happy and fun or is it supposed to be dark and morbid right now? I watched the last episode hour and a half ago before we recorded this and I couldn't hum a single part. <laughs> and I watched the outro and intro every time. Visuals on the intro were were serviceable like jeremy said i very much agree with what you said the outro has like a really quick scene with mostly credits scrolling much like most of this anime where everything works and there's nothing terrible about them i'm not going to remember them now <laughs> uh, i'm not going to i'm not going to remember this anime in a month this is going to be one where like i'm gonna be looking at our episodes we've recorded and i'm gonna be like oh yeah we watched that <laughs> that was an yeah. anime we watched um my daughter sat down for one episode and like 10 minutes into it was like, this is terrible. And she walked away. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's only episode three. Give it a chance. <laughs> uh, it, it, but it's not, it's not that bad. It's just like, I don't think it's a memorable anime. And the OP and the outro are the biggest signs of that. Like, I, I can't tell you what they sounded like. Hmm. All right. Uh, before we go on to spoiler section, though, let's talk about our next anime. So everyone is aware, if you don't want to go into spoiler section, our next anime is picked by Jeremy. That's important. And it's called <laughs> Doll's Frontline. Jer <laughs> Jeremy, what is Doll's Frontline? All right. So the reason I picked this one is because I looked through everything from that season, and I just couldn't find anything that looked interesting to me. So um, I know this one is not particularly beloved. It's been Ooh, out for nice. a while. <laughs> But I want to see it anyways, because I watched the trailer and it showed like basically it's it's post World War Three. So post apocalyptic. And during that World War, there were like these automated dolls. Right. Think. Uh, well, not really Violet Evergarden because she's actually a human, but in in concept, you know, think robot girls designed for fighting. Right. Um, and uh, fi what, fighting designed for fighting designed for fighting. Yes. Fighting. Well, I mean, that's, that's what it said in the description. <laughs> I hope that's what it is. What else would you design a robot yeah, girl for, exactly. Jason? <laughs> a, a house cleaning? Yeah, that, that's, that's or, or maybe a Roomba or mow your lawn. Chobots has already been done. Go on, Jeremy. <laughs> well, what really sold me on this is when I watched the trailer, it like it showed each of these models of like the girl robots. They they have like a model number that lists, and I was like, I was getting all of these BattleTech vibes, right? Where you have like the CMD. 9S and, and various other Battletech robots, and they've got their cool model number designator. 
And so I just, I don't know, I superimposed, hey, these girls are like mechs and each one's a unique, this is going to be really cool. So, um, I think it's going to be crap, but, uh, <laughs> at least I'm going to enjoy that part. So join us when we watch. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I sold, sold it. But, really selling it there, Jeremy. Or just tune in and see what horrible third anime we happen to pick. You know, maybe we'll get a string of three anime that we're, you know. Patrick. Oh, our next anime is about cosplay, probably. Cosplay? <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Let's go on to our spoiler section about The Genius Prince's Guide to Raising a Nation Out of Debt. Which, in the manga form, is called The Genius Prince's Guide to Raising a Nation Out of Debt. How about treason? Just FYI. Alright. Um, so we are in the spoiler section now, so if you have not watched it and uh, decided you want to and check it out, uh, now would be a good time to back away from the podcast or, you know, whatever, however you want to exit <laughs> the conversation here. Slowly back away from your phone. <laughs> Do a barrel roll. <laughs> Alright. Spoiler section. We are in <laughs> A continent in a, in a medieval times. I don't th- think there was any fantasy. I thought I saw some fantasy elements, but it's mostly just yeah, no, yeah, feudal times. Um, there was talk about like some mythological fantasy history, but nothing else. Yeah, okay. One side, the East, is a nation of em- an empire built up of, of smaller vassal states. Uh, and then in the west side, and divided perfectly down the middle, mind you, which is <laughs> fine. I'm not looking for, like, that's not how a map should look. Uh, <laughs> I don't, it's not, it's not this anime. Uh, on the west side, or, yeah, west side, um, bunch of separate countries, but they all are devoted to a single religion and follow religious figures that, that, that lead them. Meanwhile, in the way up north are the Starks. And they, no, um, in the, <laughs> in the northmost, right in the center line, there's a little tiny country that has no industry and no exports and they're broke as they can be. And their king is in a coma and only so that the main character can still be a prince while doing everything a king should do. Uh, and, and this is the country that we're going to carry. It's called Natra. Uh, and our main character is a prince who's running this country, but he doesn't want to be. He, Even though he's a genius, even though he's formally trained by the Empire and an ancestor of one of the religious figures on the other side, so he's tied to both sides of this continent, uh, he, he just wants to retire and live a life of luxury. And that is our main character, Wine, or Ween. Yeah. Wayne is how they yeah. described Wayne. it in the, or they said it in the okay. sub. Er. Oh, oh. Wayne, Wayne's close enough, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wayner. <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> who, who wants to talk about him first? Um, I, there were things about him I liked and there was most things I didn't like. It reminded me a bit of, uh, Alderman on, on the sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where the protagonist has a lot of likable moments, but he just never makes a mistake. And he's, you never feel he's ever in danger. And at least with that anime, the main character didn't know how to fight. Um, in this one, 
oh, his grades were so good in this Empire like college. They had to redact his grades. It's like, I, I get it. He's he's royalty, but he's also like he can hold his own against some of the most stalwart warriors in the land. He's always 14 steps ahead of everyone as far as strategy goes. He can tell what other people are thinking before they know that they're thinking it. Um, I, I just didn't like watching Superman in nerd form. Um, (laughs) (laughs) he, but his interaction with the world was entertaining to watch. Um, I didn't find it particularly intriguing or massively enjoyable, but at least I had fun doing it. Um, he seemed to genuinely care about his subjects. Um, he, you know, his, his plans were interesting on paper. Um, and, you know, the first three episodes kind of stuck with the premise of, hey, we're in debt. I need to I need to raise the value so I can sell it and go go live a life of luxury. I wish they would have leaned into that more because by like episode four, they were out of debt and like gaining influence throughout the world. And I was hoping he was going to lean into that. I'm lazy and I don't want to be doing this. And also, what sickness does his father have that he's not dead yet? Yeah, (laughs) because like, how long has this guy been bedridden? So, um, yeah, he's. I guess if I were to wrap it in a bow, it's uh, he's okay. Mm. Mediocre. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's kind of just my adjective for a lot of what happens in this anime and a lot of the characters. (laughs) Um, I I was thinking about what kind of character that he is and who I've seen that does a better job of the same thing. And honestly, like Saitama, Overlord, right? And the lead... Overlord guy, right? These characters who are overpowered, there's there's a lot of interesting things that can be done with them, and that's kind of where this guy is. He's a genius. He's a prodigy. He knows the name of every soldier in his army and where they're from. You know, we learned that in episode one. He's got an eidetic memory, and he's just superhuman. I, I think you were very accurate when you said it's like Superman. Um, but it's all mental and watching him just succeed over and over again and explain to us every step of the way, how he's succeeding. It just, it comes across like, why am I, why am I bothering to watch? Can you just give me a summary of how you did this? Awesome. It's like that guy that comes up and tells you his life story and how awesome everything is. And he exaggerates everything about himself to make himself sound more interesting. And but we're it's like we're seeing that version of the story this guy's telling. It, you know, actually, with that headcanon, I might be okay with this. <laughs> this is not at all what's really happening. This is just his uh, the story he's telling us. But yeah, he's I don't know. He's very mediocre. And what, they what? had moments to put real danger for this guy that knows everything, because mm-hmm. there were multiple times where he's in another co- country. Uh, doing some sort of negotiations and back home there's trouble but that trouble never manifests into anything he can't handle and if it did i think i would be a little bit more okay with his super ability of being able to strategize his way out of anything 
Yeah, and it's almost not even just that like it's something he he's not able to handle. In almost every circumstance, he's predicted and and made a redundancy plan to deal with exactly this. But he didn't he doesn't mention any redundancy plans that he never has to fall back on, which to me that just kind of exposes that that it's not he's not really that good. This is contrived. One of the worst things about him is that he's so good that his ego's big, but he's aware of his big ego because <laughs> yeah. he's that good. <laughs> like, That's true. Um, I agree with everything you guys have said. I don't feel like there's enough challenge for him. I don't feel like he's an arc. And as a static character, I don't feel like he's doing enough to change other characters around him. There, there could be a little bit here and there, but not enough to have a reason why he's such a static character. Which, again, is where I was like, okay, so maybe look at it from a sitcom angle. Um, he has some funny moments. The one part I found interesting about him, that, that my favorite thing about this uh, anime, is actually when he messes up. It, it never even works out bad for him, which is the uh, bad part. But he does mess up once in a while when someone is racist in front of him. He yeah. will go out of his. He will do something stupid and and murder them. Yeah. <laughs> every time. Uh, every time. <laughs> And but those honestly, those were the most interested I was ever in the anime when it was like, oh, he is he literally just said only a barbarian would use a weapon in a diplomacy meeting. And then a guy gets racist and he he grabs a sword and kills him. And it's like, okay, yeah, you screwed your own pooch. You had three plans here, but then it worked out perfectly. And he's like, no, I, I they have a conversation. Did you think ahead? Yeah, I thought ahead. No, you didn't. (laughs) But. Again, it still worked out perfectly for him, so it didn't even matter. But that was as close as it got to interesting character development for him. Those were my favorite moments, and I wish they had leaned into that more and and brought that out more, because it's only like two or three times. Um, I'm not sure that we have his sister in the show notes. Yep, but she's there, Alaria. Alaria. Okay, um, if, if we could talk about her real quick, just because what you were saying kind of leans into it. I liked this character um, in the capacity that she was, you know, she grew as a character instead of just the side token of, yeah, yeah, sister princess. Where I I think they kind of fell on their face and the point I wanted to bring up was, you know, she saw how the mercantile nation was able to do like a... um, legislative process and she was really interested in like town hall and being able to discuss policy decisions um nothing came of fruition from that it would have been so interesting if once they were done with this whole arc and they got back home and she started wanting to make these kinds of policy decisions because they were a monarch and she wanted to start like implementing the stuff that she found and like that would that would have been super super interesting Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, as far as the sister's concerned, she, uh, I liked her contribution to the story. Yeah, she was all right. I mean, if we're going to talk about her. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the lids can't put it back in the can yeah. now. <laughs> um, I wanted to make right. my point what? and we had to talk Leave about her in order to do it. Notes. You know, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it's a rodeo in not, here. We're skipping one character. Give me a break. <laughs> so yeah she's she's all right um i don't really have too much to add i thought it was it was interesting how 
there was almost a sense of of um well i'm not sure how i want to put that basically she winds up in a situation where she has to make a decision or she gets the opportunity to make a decision about marriage it's a very bad marriage <laughs> there's absolutely no reason she should want this marriage but it's interesting because she she gets the opportunity to make this decision and i was kind of waiting to see if there would be an impulsive maneuver on her part you know some misunderstanding thinking that this might be a beneficial relationship right um that she might in some way help her brother because we do get the impression that she's somewhat sheltered certainly not as experienced in the world as he is there's no reason to believe that she's as much of a genius as he is and that she's predicting all the things that are happening behind the scenes so I kind of thought there would be this this interesting opportunity where she thought she was doing something that would help, but she actually did something that would hinder. And this did not happen. And um and so I was I was a little bit sad about that, but but looking back, that's it's exactly what I would expect from this anime. <laughs> I, I was like rooting for the anime to get better when we got into that arc of Sister Goes in his state stead. Yeah. And when he showed up, I just kind of threw my hands up and I was just like, of course, uh, of course he has to show up. Like this was Get a perfect opportunity to let these characters grow. We're sick of you, Protag. <laughs> right. I'll say up until that arc, though, I was really worried about what they were doing with her because now Jeremy mentioned like exposition is, is blaring out, which is one of the reasons I had a hard time watching it. It's so much information all the time. This country, this country, this king, this region, this guy, this guy, this guy. And then they have, they come to scenes where the, the young princess is with her tutor getting taught about the, the history of the events that are, were happening with the prince. I'm like, oh my God, this anime that can't stop exposition dumping also <laughs> has a character set aside just for, for exposition dumping as well. Yeah. Like there's so much, so much. <laughs> So I was glad when we got to that arc that she did something in the story. I liked, because I, I felt like she messed up, which is when, you know, she basically said no. And the guy's like, all right, well, then you've got an enemy. You know, you, you can't refuse this. There's no reason to refuse this. So it's, it's, it's clearly an act of war or whatever he was doing. Um, I liked watching her make the misstep, but then she doesn't really correct that misstep or learn from that. She learned something else that was being set up, but. She was fine. I'm glad that they gave her something to do besides just being tutored. Mm. They even have a scene where they're like, hey, she needs to ask you a question. Will you explain your relationship to another character with me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> through exposition so that the audience doesn't have to wonder about it and pick it up through subtle details. Right. Thank you. All right. Um, recently, on the <clears throat> Empire side, the emperor has died. So there is a power struggle now to control the emperor or the empire. Um, but the prince says, Nacho's doing great for the most part. He says that, but then we find out he's in war with a country from the west side <laughs> that is attacking them. And so he has to go and give a speech to the troops. And this is, this is a perfect example of my biggest problem with wine. And we do need to talk about the other character, but, but wine. He's not doing anything. He's just reacting to everything. 
He didn't start this war to yeah. fix this nation. He just happens to be attacked. And he goes out there and he gives a speech. And he's like, I guess I did the speech that I'm supposed to do. And it's super effective. Barely an inconvenience to fight this battle now. But he even he's like, oh, that worked. Cool. And, How's and that I, a genius? Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's And that's what I felt like this entire anime was, is that like situations happen to him. He does the thing that he should do. And it works out perfectly for him, surprising even him. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's almost like a bunch of critical successes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like he's playing with a only to twenty a dice with yeah. only a twenty on it. Wow, this yep. is amazing. I'm so good at this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we do need to talk about his royal advisor, uh, his his right hand man, who is a, a a character whose design was copy and pasted from ReZero. <laughs> Discount Amelia! Just like Amelia. She even wears outfits with the white and purple. But at least the personality is different. Uh, Jason, did you watch English dub? I did. I watched the first two episodes in English dub, and my Oof. one my one thought was, man, the, the English dub voice does not match it's... the character design. She sounds way more mature than she looks. Like like a and, mom voice coming out of her, and yet she's this young woman the same age as the prince who's making this whiny boy voice. I'm not sure which studio did it, but every line through the entire anime sounded flat. Um, yet, whether they were excited or exacerbated or just regular talking, just everything was... Yeah, um... You know, it, it's almost as if they were like, okay, the lines match up with the lips. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was not the best dub I've seen. Yeah, uh, first, but it's also not, not the worst. The first two episodes were rough for me. The it's subtitle rough. version, because I, I had to switch because I do the free uh, <laughs> version. Uh, they made me switch to subtitle after the first two episodes, and I did find that much more palatable. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Jeremy, do you have anything to say about the the voices and subtitle before I go to the character? I she reminded me, even the voice reminded me of Amelia. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, uh, Amelia's voice was much sweeter. Yeah, but I kind of took that as the personality being sweeter. I genuinely well, okay, wonder. So if to be fair, I didn't see after. the, I didn't see the sub, so I don't oh. know what she sounds like in it. <laughs> Ninim, what do you guys think of Ninim? I liked her a lot. Um, I thought it, she also has the problem of I'm super soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's kind of a hand waviness about it because this empire seems to use her race as guards and assassins, it seems, or at least a handful of them. Um, or as people yeah. to be hunted. Well, yeah, so the, the, she comes from a race of oppressed people. Um, this nation has taken them in and treats them as equals. Uh, but uh, Ninium seems to be expertly trained. Uh, but I like that she attempts to continually put Wayne in his place. Um, also, uh, I really liked watching their relationship and the way they interacted with each other. Um, but I also liked the, there, there was this unspoken relationship, uh, that was really well animated, uh, where 
you know, they knew the time that they lived in, Wayne had, it was in his future to marry other royalty, but they obviously loved each other very much. Um, And they knew that they would never be married together, but they still acted like an old married couple, which was uh, endearing. So, um, but yeah, she, she got a lot of screen time, which I was uh, impressed with. So. Mm hmm. She was very down to earth. Um, there were many situations where she was kind of the grounding factor, always trying to pull him back from doing stupid things or chide him because of doing stupid things. Um, but see, now, now I'm, I'm stuck wondering. My, half my brain is like over here on this other topic now because I'm really I can't remember for sure. But I genuinely I want to know. Were they the only two or did they have like an entire group of this race that they've rescued and that are living like as refugees that have been brought in and are now part of their society? Because there's a point later where somebody asks to have these people sent over. And if there's only just the two of them, it seems kind of like a a silly request. I assume there's more that their country is nice to them. Okay. See, and, and that's I think you're right, though, Jeremy. I, d- I don't think it was explicit, yeah. but it was spelled out that throughout the continent that these people were oppressed. And if I I thought they weren't in the Empire, I thought the Empire they're not on the East, but they are in the West. Right. OK. Mm-hmm. But so the... maybe, yeah, maybe I'm reaching too far as far as like they live in that capital. Um, yeah, maybe it's just those two. I, I don't know. But one of the reasons why that matters to me is because there is a, um, basically a, a bit of diplomacy going on at the very end. And in that diplomacy, there's talk of sending a lot of people to the West as refugees. And if that includes a large fraction of the civilization being this race that is enslaved on the West, why didn't they bring that up? I would have expected there to be some mention of that. And I think that in some of the images they showed, it actually showed characters with white hair, which is a characteristic trademark of this race. White hair, red eyes. They're all albinos. Um, and so, yeah, now I'm, I'm, I'm really wondering, like, did they just not even bother to address that in that conversation of, like, how this ruler would would be like, no, we don't want them, <laughs> or we do, but we're gonna do what we want with them. You know, I, I don't know. It's just, but anyways, yeah, she's a great, she's a great character, awesome. <laughs> Nyanya, my my favorite character, hands down. I think she every scene she's in, she makes better. Um, her familiarity with the king, because all the time he's he's royal prince and and delegations and having all this formal speak. And then they're in a room together and she's socking him in the stomach and he's like, meow for me. Um, and and I, so I love their interactions. It was one of the most interesting parts about them. I fully disagree with Jason, though, <laughs> about the relationship. I think that was the worst part about it. They clearly are head over heels in love with each other and aren't acknowledging it. And, and I get the whole... I'm a prince. You're not a princess. This can't happen. But it also felt like the anime was like, no, but this is a harem. So <laughs> I need you to not officially care about each other. But then clearly, which, like you said, old, there's like old married couple vibes going on, which I loved. And I'm like, just 
do it already. <laughs> I think there's something special about a relationship where people exert a huge amount of self-control. Um, because it's almost like tragedy, right? Like you're watching something where these characters are, they're denied something that they really, really want. And, but they're, they're doing it to themselves out of a perceived value of, of something. And, um, I think there's a certain beauty to that. Yeah. I would, well. I would love, I actually love that if they had like focused on it and like that was important. <laughs> like if they had been like, I, I want to be with you. I'm tortured being around you, but we're doing it for the greater good, right? And I get that. That that is a compelling story. But they're just like, yeah, we're cool with it. We're okay. We're fine. I, I agree with that point. I mean, you'd think that the difficulty of being around each other, like the level of self-control would just, it would have to rise <laughs> exponentially as time passes, right? Um, and and so, uh, obviously, I'm a I'm a sappy romantic, so that I mm-hmm. that could, that could very just be me. But that was that was the one thing about the relationship. I was like, let's mm-hmm. turn into this. Let's focus on this. This is more interesting <laughs> than everything else. And they're like, oh, but no, I, there's four other female characters, and we can't we can't write anything off. You haven't even met the <laughs> redhead yet. I I don't agree that they were denying it to each other. For multiple reasons, not only did he call her his heart and she knows about it, she also had a discussion with the princess of the empire that that can't happen for her. Yes, but I remember, I remember she... the exposition explaining it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> At least things are explained and that, you know, the politics of the day makes sense. Um, anyways, not that I'm jabbing at anything else. Uh <laughs> <laughs> you know, sovereign nations having a problem with armies on, on that their episode. Turf. That's weird. <laughs> weird. Um, but uh, the I, obviously this isn't an anime that is going to show this, but I I think they yeah, act like an old married couple behind. Yeah. Well, but he did explicitly state that he was not going to have her be a mistress. Oh, when did he say that? He said that during the conversation where they were talking about why they could never be together. Basically saying, oh, I have to be able to, to marry for royal things. And he says, yeah, I don't I don't want to put you in the position of ever being a mistress. So I think that I think was kinda, a complicated they're stuck. thing where they both knew that they loved each other. Yeah, that's my opinion. I, I agree with that. I just. The fact that it was just so like, eh. We've accepted this. We're moving on. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, the... I'll sit on your lap every now and then, and it'll be okay. God, I love that scene, too, when she just sits on his lap like, no, this is where I'm sitting. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> well, no, and not even, like, physical, like, care about each other. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right. Uh, the battle is won and against the this neighboring country that was attacking them. And they're like, hey, we did so well. We can counterattack. There's nothing to stop us. You know, and, and he's like, okay, cool. Uh, but I don't want to. So I'll suggest, what if we took their gold mine? That'd be the hardest thing possible to take. And they're, they're, all those commanders are like, yep, that's a great idea. So that's what they do. 
in the next episode. Oh no, they they conquer the mine super easily. That's right. It's just hey, nope, it's ours now. So stupid. So and, stupid. <laughs> because this is like a major point of contention that keeps coming up. This mine how and how difficult it is, is to take yeah. it. Yeah. And so for him to be like, oh yeah, it was easy. Off-screen capture. It, it becomes like their main point of defense when they're in trouble. Yeah. Like, let's get to that mine. To mine. Super hard to take. Yeah. There is a bunch of jump cuts where they're like, oh man, this thing will be hard. Oh, super easy. Barely any convenience <laughs> to steal from, right. from pitch meeting. We got training from the Empire. That is... Yes, they did. Um... Uh, speaking of the training, I was really happy that they at least mentioned that even though they got training, the lack of experience led to some issues with coordination and fatigue. So I thought that was nice that they addressed that. Right. In their expedition jet, something mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they find out the gold mine is depleted, though. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, But the, the Marden kingdom wants to take it back. Uh, so they send all their troops. They're like, we can take it back in a week with all our troops. Uh, and there's this advisor that's like drawn with pale gray skin and he's clearly, I mean, you he, could just call him oh, Jafar. Worm tongue. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Worm tongue. Okay. So, so I, I got a question about the mine. The person who tells him that the mine is, uh, uh, tapped out. Is that a guy from Marden that was like already there living, working in the mine? Yes, it was the, the foreman mine. of the mine, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so he knew that the mine was tapped out, and they just happened to take it, like the day he figured out the mine was tapped out, because they were just there. I'm sure he told the Marden people, but he didn't. They explicitly state he didn't tell anyone. I but thought he's known so for contrived. a while that it was exactly. So why wouldn't he tell them? Why wouldn't because they know? They were under a tyrant that would maybe have killed him or. You know, taken funding from his small town nearby because the mine was worthless now. And there's so, all sorts of reasons why he wouldn't have told a nasty tyrant that was at the top of the their country. I guess that's true. I guess I'm wondering, like, if he knew it was tapped out a long time ago, then it was tapped out a long time ago. Or I guess maybe it was in the say... past couple of weeks that it got t- tapped out and they just hadn't finished, you know, maybe they hadn't finished sending all their resources. It just seems like we're jumping through a lot of hoops to justify why he didn't do the obvious thing, which is tell them. Because <laughs> that's his job as foreman of the mine, is to tell you how the mine's going. Do you, do you care? Well, you care I do, because it's logical anime? consistency of, like, if you're going to tell me that this story and this character's decisions hinge on uh, logic and strategery, then... When a character does something that seems like it wouldn't be logical, you got to give me the justification for it, especially when you have this level of exposition. There's room in that exposition for something to justify this character's decision. I was just about to say, weren't you just complaining about exposition? Well, like, I can come up with a hundred reasons why he yeah. didn't tell them and that now well, it's out of out of gold. Right, but you're coming up with it. They have so many lines of exposition, they could have cut some of the stuff that didn't matter that would have been nice to see through subtlety and given us something that would justify this character not doing his job. Welcome to my world, Jason. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I will die on every hill. <laughs> All of them, at the All same time. The, the Martian I'm so army, sorry, Troy. The Martian <laughs> army comes to take back their mine. Um, 
but they can't because of terrain. Also, his the, the prince's go-to move is fall back into terrain where we win. Um, that seems to be their thing. They're like, hey, we'll just march up. Oh, it's tiny, narrow canyons to get up to the spine. We didn't know that. Um, and so it doesn't matter that they have ten times the troops or three times the troops or whatever it is because we didn't know that because this was our mine. <laughs> And we didn't know that. So they're getting beat back. Then they find out, oh, there's a secret, secret mine that'll go straight that to their evil. Their is at the Nacho's camp. So they, oh, and look, there's guys running into it. We'll chase them in. And they're like, wait, the guys we chased in here aren't wearing armor or weapons. It's a trap. Admiral Akbar. Admiral Akbar. <laughs> uh, but let's keep running instead of turning around. Yeah, this was hysterical because basically they're telling us they didn't know about this tunnel. But then later in a conversation, he said, oh, yeah, I knew you knew about the tunnel. And that's why I made this second tunnel to confuse you. <laughs> like, but what? <laughs> it's I, not I, consistent I, at all. In week two, they send a general to, <laughs> like, negotiate the terms of surrender. They're like, hey, we'll come to a peace treaty, which is you surrendering completely. That That happens. Um, and he's like, no, that's not going to work. He's like, okay, but also here's a racist comment about your girlfriend. <laughs> and he's like, okay, does, do you speak for the guy who's leading you? Yes, I speak for the guy who's leading me. Okay, I needed to know that. I'll see you in one week. <laughs> no, he doesn't say that part. He doesn't say, I'll, uh, and then one week later. Give him your best regards. Yeah. One week later, Something the, like. the Martin army's attacking and they're, they're pushing up the hill and then two Martin guards just, Soldiers come riding through everybody, coming to the leader's camp, and it's wine in disguise. And he's like, hey, you were racist. You die now. I win. So it, also, but he also stops to do a full exposition to tell him. Yes. He, he villain monologues this thing. <laughs> I, I knew you would know this, and I had a secret another mine dug, and we went through there. And, and and now I'm going to kill you. I told you all that, even though I'm about to kill you and you won't. That information is now just gone into the ether. <laughs> but he kills this general for having a racist other general. Mm-hmm. And they win. Uh, the also, ki- I have to make another complaint. Do you? When you have an army that's like 30,000 soldiers and your opponent has like 5,000 soldiers... Even if you do have like those narrow entrances like they had, you can exhaust them over that span because you can just keep on cycling men in and they can't necessarily do the same. So that was just kind of ridiculous as well. Complaint over. (laughs) Did you find, uh, I guess, as we go through it, let me know if any of the tactics felt like they would work in a real world situation. That's why I was taking this as more of a sitcom. Like, it's just... Gotcha. Um... So Matra overthrows their king and kind of goes into disarray, which means his whole plan was I'll force a stalemate and then sell the mine back because they don't know it's empty. Uh, but the Matra kingdom falls apart. So they just keep the mine. The neighboring kingdom saw weakness and invaded because they moved all their soldiers over. So that would be Cardin, Cardin or whatever it was. It's the guy that uh, it's the guy that wanted Yell- him to send over, yellow guy, yeah. Okay, yellow king. Okay, not a Lovecraft monster, just the guy king dressed in yellow. Um, yeah. 
You know, as much as like the story is not fantastic, at least like we have a clear direction of the world and like what political factions are where and where they're attacking from. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, just saying. How did that help? <laughs> I was still it very helped me understand the said, story beats. Yeah. You couldn't understand that this country's attacking because you didn't see a map. No, I'm just saying it helps with. I mean, they show that map world three building. times an episode. Yeah. <laughs> I get very, like, Lords of the R- Realm 2 nostalgia every time I see that map. <laughs> I'm like, where's the Pope? <laughs> where's the Knight? The Countess? <laughs> Watch out. I-, I guess that makes sense, Jason. You need to see a map three times an episode to understand <laughs> an anime. <laughs> I said it helps. I didn't say it made me understand. <laughs> you are not going to make this about ranking the king. <laughs> you, you hey, you just, I didn't say it. You said it. That, that's on you. I'm sorry. That's what I the didn't even see the connection. <laughs> that is definitely what he meant. I am not oh. crazy. I'm not paranoid. <laughs> um, okay, so the next arc starts with uh, getting a flashback of... Queen's uh, Academy days, and we see that he uh, went to Academy with all these different people, and and Ninian was there, and there was this blonde girl. Meanwhile, unrelated, a princess is visiting from the Empire, uh, and she's literally the princess of the whole Empire, and she wants to marry him. And he goes to meet her, and hey, it's a, that friend from Academy that he didn't realize she was a princess. And he's like, did you know I was the prince? Because that was kind of kept under wraps. And she's like, oh, yeah, I knew that. Um, and she's no, her, her, she has a longer name, but they just call her Loa. And she's known for scheming. She likes to get us into schemes. And they're even like, yeah, we used to like just get, take stuff from thieves and then sell it back for higher prices. <laughs> like they weren't good people. Um, so what do you guys think of Loa, the princess? She's okay. Um, like, there was a lot of potential there, I think. And I don't know, She she's she's there for an episode, and then she's gone. And then she's there for, like, a half episode here, half episode there, and then she's gone. And I get that there's this whole empire struggle going on off screen but unless she's there more often or um wayne gets more involved i kind of like the the anime is not about the empire so it i don't know um she was she was all right it was a nice side story jeremy what do you think um i mean i certainly didn't have any problems with her i liked her outfit um but, but, uh, I guess I should say I liked her character design. That <laughs> sounds more professional. Um, <laughs> less of a creep, I promise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, uh, I don't know. It, it she kind of reminded me of the type of character that is created in order to make your main character look better, right? She's a schemer. But she's not as good as he is, and she's there to emphasize that. And that's okay. There's that's that makes sense. I, I don't really see a problem with doing that. Um, but I guess 
it would be nice if it wasn't so obvious, like super clear. But I think that's more on him succeeding so well and then her saying, oh, my gosh, you surprised me. You are such a great. Um, it, it was nice to uh, to see a little bit of a love triangle there and especially how candid that uh, Ninim is when she communicates with Loa. Uh, I loved the scene where the, the two of them are sitting there and, and Loa has tea. <laughs> and then him keeps asking her questions and she's like starting to shake her tea and everything. Um, and it was interesting too, to see the back and forth, how it wasn't always friendly. It didn't, it didn't seem like there was a hundred percent guarantee that he would never turn against her. Right. She's, she's not an ally. She's another player on the board. Exactly. And I liked that aspect of it. Um, felt a little bit game of thronesy, but I don't think the anime will ever go there. But it just kind of felt like it was a possibility. This is probably me and just like having a hard time getting through the anime. But I was a little muddled on her intentions. Like she's like, hey, I want to be I, I want to be the emperor. But that's not my real motivation, but it kind of also is. And I want to just unite everybody, but also with me as the as the emperor. <laughs> Um, and she wants to start a rebellion because a rebellion is starting and no one will believe her a rebellion is starting. So she's trying to kick it off of the rebellion. It all felt, her plans all felt a little extra convoluted. And then a lot of them like don't even fully pay off. Like the whole, I'm going to start a rebellion thing doesn't actually happen. It, it gets called out and she just doesn't do it. <sighs> I, I guess I did like the whole, Hey, if you ever need my help, just trick me into doing it because <laughs> I won't yeah. do it on purpose. <laughs> but if you trick me into it, I'll do it. Um, that that was a fun line. But otherwise, she felt like she was just another piece in the harem to me. Mm-hmm. All right. She uh, arrives and they have dinner. And then he offers her some warm clothes, which he sneaks in the chest. Him and him sneak in to visit with her. So that no one knows they're visiting and then they're instantly walked in upon by the imperial <laughs> ambassador who's, who stays in Natra. But they're like, OK, wh- what do you want? And she's like, yeah, I'm just trying to unite the empire again. And, she, and I want to be in charge of it. And, he, and so um, she they leave and he's like, yeah, that that's not her. She That's what she told us. That's not what she really wants. She, she would never say in the first scene what she actually wants. Which is funny. So now we're like three levels inception deep. She wants to get married, but what she really wants is the throne. But what she really, really wants, no one knows. And then we have the scene where Ninam has a conversation with Falaria, the, the young sister princess, to dis- to explain expositionally how the relationships are created in this anime. <laughs> um... Oh, and then, then there's a bath, gratuitous bath scene with multiple female characters where they, they talk about, um, a suitor for Loa that one of the, one of the kings of the emperor. We also get a backstory on this, this kingdom, how they were like, with a bunch of other countries, they're like, no empire, no empire. Then they were like, oh, okay, actually empire, haha, tricked you. Um, so they're kind of <laughs> down upon by everyone else. And then the son of that guy, uh, wants to marry her. But also that guy is the the dad of 
that nation is the one leading the rebellion. <laughs> he he switched sides again, apparently. Loa is trying to kick off a rebellion with them by using the sun, but Wines saw through this, and he has sent a letter to that son saying, Hey, just so you know, the princess is visiting me, but she's going to see you next. And so this son shows up. He's like, yeah, I'm not waiting. I'm here to get married. I'm here for my wifey. And uh, then they have dinner, and they have a duel. And he sucks so bad, he accidentally tricks Wine into beating him, which then he gets mad and falls off the castle and dies. <laughs> Best part of this, though, is he falls off and dies, and then Ninum immediately jumps the same yeah. distance to check on him. <laughs> yes. I was thinking the same thing. I, Jeremy, when I see stuff like that, I think of you every time. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I bet Jeremy notices that. Yep. Oh, God, it pissed me off. But at the same time, I guess I justified it in the fact that he was kind of a slovenly terrible at even swinging that sword around. So maybe her training is what let her do it. But yes, that that definitely bugged me. She she also didn't dive head first. Yeah, it's true. Off of the parapet either. The way he landed right. Yeah. I, I think the one thing I like about both Loa and Wayne is their end goals seem to not involve war. Like I don't think either of them well, I think besides this rebellion started armed conflict. It was always either retaliation or defense. Trying to think. Yeah, you... I, feel, I feel like Wine starts like three wars over the course of this anime. <laughs> the first one he's defending. Yeah. Then he's counterattacking, which the war could have just been over. I don't know. He assassinated a king. And then he assassinates a king, yeah. That, that's kind of starting a war on your own. But he blames it on someone else so it doesn't become a war. <laughs> right. It's true. Yeah. And then he was selling goods that he lied about the merchandise he's selling to this half of the continent. And then the guy that starts a war, he just ends up facing a different opponent. But he never marches on anyone. His goal. That's right. He's more of the slimy king that other people have to march on. (laughs) He doesn't seem to have a lot of like sanctity for life, though. He will straight up murder you and sacrifice soldiers for political ploys. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something I was going to say. Well, let's move on. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come to me. Um, so because of that guy dying to obviously that's going to piss everything off and, and, Hurt relations with the empire, so he goes directly to this guy, and he's like, "Hey, uh, to the dad," and he's like, "I brought your your dead son," and the and the dad, of course, is like, "You assassinated my son. You sent a letter inviting him over, and then he died. That was an assassination. That's what happens in feudal times." And even wine's like, "Yeah, that's totally what it looks like," but he's like, "Hey, I know you're doing a rebellion, and I'm going to blame your son, and that's going to ruin everything for you." Because everyone will then look at you and you're going to either have to go along with it and stop the rebellion or get get destroyed by the rest of the empire. And the the, the king's like, oh, um, okay, okay, it's a marquee. He's like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll go along with it. Then 
Wine gets attacked by the actual rebellion, separate from the Marquis. So the actual rebellion's like, and these guys are from the other side. They're from the West. Not technically a rebellion, more of an invasion. Right. They're they're trying to cause trouble because they, the the religious side hates the Empire because they're not religious. That's not okay. So they're always trying to screw with them. Um, so yeah, so they, they attack Wine and his group. He disarms the guy. Bada boom. <laughs> and, and Jason, I know this is your favorite scene, so I'll let you describe how he he defeats him. Oh, uh, it it's not particularly important, but what I found really funny about the scene was he uh, they they're fighting, and he th- Wayne throws a dagger like a like a, it looks like a kunai, and the dude he's fighting is like, oh, here it comes. Uh, I'm not gonna be able to dodge it, so I'll just take it to the face, and but. It won't be fatal, so I'll be able to get in my stab to kill him. And as he's making this calculation in his head, Wayne goes, poison! <laughs> and so he has to dodge it, which gives Wayne the opening to disarm him. Um, is it, is yeah, it said I, exactly like that in the dub? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not in the sub. So that's oh, really? funnier. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he does it more like, that is poisoned, basically, in the sub. I like the dub version better. Yeah. <laughs> this is our first like real battle scene, actual fighting. And and there's a shot of the this leader of the rebellion guys uh like stabbing his spear. It's just a close up like of his arms pumping back and forth like four times for attacks. I'm like, "Okay, so there's no fight budget. There's no Sakaga coming in this." <laughs> um that's when I was like, "Okay, I I really need to temper my expectations on what they're going to be able to present." Uh, after, uh, the Marquis also at the same time is like, hey, uh, go, go capture that prince. I want him captured. So Wine and his men run away. The Marquis and his men are chasing them and they run into the Nacha army who's sitting there waiting because Wine had them set up. Meanwhile, Loa comes marching in with an Imperial army and they're like, oh yeah, we're just doing military training. This is just for practice. Also, uh, you're on our side, right? <laughs> and so the guy has to basically stop the rebellion. So yeah, see, I, uh, there's an actual reason for having an invading force in a sol- other sovereign nation. So he yeah. has to have like an actual, you know, <laughs> military exercise. excuse for it. Yeah, yeah, he does because the guy calls him out. He's like, "What is he yeah. doing with troops over here?" <laughs> There's those crickets again. Um, I I remembered what I was going to say, and that is that I actually really liked the dynamic of Wayne um, constantly working against her, working against Loa, right? So she's trying to do whatever she can to bring his nation into conflict with this other guy so that she can say, look, they're attacking whatever place name Wayne rules over. I can never remember the name of Natra. Natra. These guys are attacking Natra. They're revolting. We have to protect Natra. Here's the evidence of the revolt. Um, and he's just every step of the way undermining her attempts. She also, it's one of her main goals is for Natra to look like they have sided with her in the struggle for yeah. the throne. Yeah, whether exactly. that's just standing by her, you know, in, in a in a party or whatever it takes. Um, and he's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I am not in support of your claim to the throne. 
I don't care. I don't want to. I'm not picking a side. I just want to be friends with the Empire. I don't care who's the boss. Good luck to you, but you yeah. can't use me as a pawn for that. You got to trick me if you're going to do it. Yeah. But this was a cool dynamic. Also, part of this plan had the, the young princess's bodyguard. Oh yeah. Involved. Pretend to be a squire. Pretend to be a squire, and and they show her like, oh, she, she the squire had to rest, and her with like a, her white hair sticking out of a hood, and it's like that, that's clearly one of our our characters. Yeah. Plus, wouldn't they immediately recognize? Oh, it's it's white hair on a young person. <gasps> You're a slave, right? <laughs> uh, not on this side. Not on the empire. Wait, is this? Is the it's the religious side that hates them? The Empire is cool with them. Right, because in their religious texts, they, yeah, you're right. like, their race is called out as lesser. Yeah, you're uh, right, you're right. I, for some reason, I was thinking we were dealing with the, the Western side already, but this is all in the East. Yeah. To be fair, as often as they showed that map, I thought there was a side that was divided up into countries, and then there was just one big chunk. And then it was like halfway through the enemy, I realized they just show in detail the side we're talking about, and blank out the side we're not. There wasn't just a blank side. I didn't even notice it was switching. <laughs> so maybe I should have paid better attention. All right. Um, well, now we have the festival. This is where they go to Caravim. This is the country that has taken part most of um, Marden. Mar- Marden. Um, and actually, when. So this is on the west again. Yep. We're, yep. We're going back to the religious side. Um, and so he, he stops at the gold mine and things are going good there. They had found new veins. It, it's profitable again. And then he keeps traveling on and they get attacked by hooded figures. And we also learn there's a rebellion brewing back at home with Natra because, uh, his best general, his best fighter has basically retired to become a farmer. And so with the prince gone and the best general no longer there, uh, a rebellion just happens to naturally be brewing. Uh, so then they're attacked by these these hooded figures, and they're saved by the remnants of the Martian army. And they're taken. And he's like, okay, I want to meet the prince. Okay, hold on, hold on. This is so contrived because they're they're in this horse-drawn carriage while they're being chased by what look like bandits. And they're and he's like, we just got to get a little bit farther. Just get, just go at full speed. Just go at full speed. Within like a few frames, they hit a root that blows a tire off the side of their carriage and it crashes. And he's like, yes, just like just like that. We're here. <laughs> that's, that's what I was. But I said, go full speed. So we get that tire blown off because, you know, that's part of the probability of this time stream. Like what in the world? <laughs> but of course, the Marsden Liberation Army is right there right there yep. you know i mean if they'd gone any farther they would have missed them so they had to stop here but that only would happen if you go fast enough to get the tire blown off so you stop here well we knew that they the, the wheel would get blown off at that exact moment that moment he made sure <laughs> to loosen three of the bolts <laughs> he had his men sneak into there beforehand yeah. and put, put the that root there, there. Exactly. grew the tree there centuries before yeah so he meets this general of this army and he's like i want to meet the prince and they're like no no one can see the prince the prince was horribly disfigured and the prince doesn't want to see you i speak for the prince pay no attention to the man behind the curtain um and this character's (laughs) name is zeno 
And we're mm. going to talk about her. Yeah, let's talk about her. I do have something I want to say about this scene specifically. But what are your guys' thoughts on Zeno, who, spoiler, is the actual princess that is pretending to be a prince because no one will follow the princess, but she's actually the let's, princess. Let's just say she has a great binding technique. Um, <laughs> I thought, I was like, no, that's a different character design. That's not fair. Right? Um, I. I actually enjoyed her performance as remnants of royalty trying to hold a country together um, and being forced into some really crappy situations that has to make the best decisions out of those situations. Um, And also just a lust for revenge. Like she is just ready to decapitate the first person that will satisfy her revenge. Um, and, you know, being able to learn from Wayne and restrain herself unless someone's being racist. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, I, I liked the story beats for her. I liked her character growth. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually, this is one of the few characters in this anime I didn't really have a problem with. So I, except for character design, that was a little confusing. Just that it changed so much. Right. Uh, yeah. Like, like I said, great binding <laughs> technique. I couldn't even yeah. tell. Yeah, they do go out of their way to basically show that she's well endowed. Um, but the the fact that this character's name is Zeno, and the actual princess's name, I'm I've been searching for it. And I can't seem to find it. But it's like Zenoka or something like that, or Zenona. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But like her name starts with Zeno, so. She's trying to be incognito among her own people. This isn't just her trying to be incognito among people who don't know what her name was or who she was as a princess. This is among her own people who know that this princess exists in their kingdom with this full name. So she's like, yeah, this would be a good idea. Let's just use my nickname and we'll pretend this is a totally different person. Um, other than that, though, I really don't have any complaints about this character. I I like uh, what they what they did with her because I thought that she was sort of the least ex- expository. <laughs> um, she exposited the the least, and uh, there there was actually one or two scenes where she could have been like all the other characters, but she chose not to describe to the audience what she was doing, and just let us observe it. <laughs> And it was really, really nice and refreshing. Um, and it, it was made really her... nice to observe. It was. <laughs> it was, especially when she was all dressed up for him. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but I loved his reaction to that too. That's one of my favorite parts in the anime. Um, but, uh, but there was something about her behavior and the fact that we had to actually observe some subtlety from her in order to try and figure out what she was doing. And then to understand the motivation behind it, that she wasn't even truthful about it, but then she didn't go on to tell him why she wasn't being truthful about it the first time or some other person. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I really like what they did with this character and I wish they had done the same, the same thing, had the same treatment with the other characters. I liked her better than the most. I, I, I thought she was fine. Um, I, they kind of stop her from being part of the harem 
but they don't fully commit to it at the very end. And I do feel like I was kind of bummed by that. I was like, oh, I was, I was digging that she was like, yeah, no, just n- not for me, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's not working. And then they're like, oh, no, it's just because I, I like him so much. I respect him so much as a hero. I, I just couldn't be. Uh, okay, well. The only almost. way you can say no is if you're saying yes too hard. <laughs> right? Yeah. So <laughs> that was my only complaint about it. Otherwise, I thought she was a great character. My issue with this scene is she goes, he's like, hey, well, let's let's team up. We'll go to the, the this religious country and we'll talk to the religious leaders together. We'll see if we can get them to to aid you. She's like, why should I trust you? And he's like, because. She's like, oh, my God, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> I know. His line of argument is because you can't trust anybody unless you know they can betray you. Like, that's, that's it. If you know I can betray you, you it's should trust The risk me. of treachery. It's like, yeah. th- that's a reason not to trust. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so, I'm like, is horrible. That a good, how is that a good point? That doesn't seem like a good no. point to me. And she says it back to him later, and and it works. But I wanted him to say, like, no, that's stupid. Whoever said that? Yeah. That's so <laughs> That would have completed the joke, actually. Yeah. He was right. like, and that's the reason why you don't trust people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're an idiot. Yep. Yeah, that uh, would have been good. So they go to this uh, religious country. Uh, the people who attack them, they recognize one of the soldiers is there. So, like, oh, guys, they're the ones who want us dead. Um from the army, but then he meets the king, and the king's like, "Hey, come meet the religious leader." And they're called the High, High elites. Holy Holy Elites. Holy Elites. And the king's like, "Hey, I want to nominate you to be one of the Holy Elites because he is t- technically a descendant of one of the main followers of the founder of the religion. Um, so he qualifies by blood to become one of these these Holy Elites." Um, so they meet with. This character called Melia, who's one of the holy elites, to kind of plead their case for Zeno. And <laughs> she's dressed like a nun. She's one of the holy elites. And she's like, you can join the holy elites if you kill all the non-believers, including the Mardins. <laughs> and, and and Zeno's standing like right there. And he's like, okay, crazy. So we need to talk about her because if you want a villain who's just mustache evil swirly villains, which I <laughs> yes. recently I've heard someone say they wanted that. Yeah. You got what you wanted. Yes. So what do you guys think of called Melia? <laughs> there was some serious potential here that was just left on the table. Well, this, and this series goes on, right? Oh, okay. Right, right, right. But like in this, like they really needed, especially in more private moments with her, really needed to draw more of the crazy eyes like they like like the scary crazy eyes that we got from like that one princess in uh overlord um and also like she she was all about the holy war it needed to be like more but if we come to find out she really didn't have much of an army she really let uh leaned on the countries around her for military support so that kind of handicapped her there. I think it would have been much better if she had like her own contingent of like crusaders that were doing really evil crap. Uh, that would have been a great way to make her more evil. But um, I, I like the idea of her. I thought her execution was not great because it was always let's plan an evil thing together. And then it falls through. Well, let's plan another evil thing together that falls through. 
It is okay. And she's mostly fine with it. She's like, that was fun. I love that. Right. I keep failing. She Let's plan another down. evil thing. Yep. And also what makes a good villain is that they don't see their obviously evil thing as all that evil. She clearly knows that she is in high moral violation. Yeah. I would say the Joker could be a good villain. He clearly is also aware. It can that, be that's done. That's true. But he's also like, there's a good reason why he's crazy. Um, yeah, I I cracked up because a lot of the time she's just very impotent too. Um, like you mentioned, she fails at all these schemes. Uh, there's one scene in particular that <laughs> really made me laugh, and that was um, in a particular negotiation where it's not her army that's going to be doing the fighting, um, and she's just sitting there musing over how she's going to just torture the prince by making decisions that are, you know, exactly what he doesn't want. And she's spending all her time musing about that and fantasizing about it. And she's so happy and she opens her mouth and the guy in charge of the army is like, yeah, no, I like what you said, Prince. We're going to do that. And she, <laughs> she's just like, what? But, but, um, so she certainly had her funny moments uh, with me, but yeah, mustache twirling all the way. Um, she is a ridiculous degree of villain. The only thing I'd add is that she's interesting as an antagonist because every other antagonist we leans on with, you have to do this for political reasons or financial reasons. You have to go along with the maneuvers I've done. Uh, I basically left you no other chess moves if you're trying to win the game. That's Whereas her character is, no, I will literally do the wrong move just to screw with you. Like you said, in that meeting, she's, he points out, you, this is what you need to do. It's the right thing to do. She's like, oh, he's right. That's a great move. I'm going to say no anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I could see them developing that further and her being the one character he has no power over. So he has to manipulate literally everyone else to outplay her. Um, so there's potential there. But as, she's so one note as a villain, like you guys have pointed out. So I agree with everything else. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so she's crazy. We also find out she's working with that owl guy that now has his arm cut off that was in charge of the rebellion in the other country. Um, also, like, there's a moment where... I forget what she exactly did, but it, it, it seems like it was uh, some minor humiliation of the prince and uh, Ninyan or whatever her name is. Um, Ninim. And she turns to Owl and says, is that proper repayment for your arm? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like, really? <laughs> this is a minor humiliation <laughs> on the guy. It's all it takes. Yeah, my arm feels great. <laughs> Thanks. So with all these political machinations in the works and they stop Zeno from murdering the, the hey, remember the evil skinned advisor? The guy is clearly <laughs> worm tongue. Uh, he's here now. He works here. They had to talk her out of killing him. Uh, and the, the, the religious leaders aren't going to help. They're like, okay, let's just go talk to the king. Let's figure out what the king wants. And, and she's like, take me with you, and I will prove to you that I can be an ally. And he's like, no, I don't want to take you with me. And, and what would you possibly offer? She's like, I don't know yet. I'll figure something out <laughs> between then. He's like, all right, I'll take you with me because uh, you, you use my trust line on me. So they go and they meet yeah. the king, and the king's 
saying all this stuff and there's all these political machinations. But then he says something like, hey, uh, I heard you have that race that we're racist against. Can I, And I love killing them. Can I have a few? So Wine murders him and then hands the sword to Zeno to kill the advisor who was also there. And they just murder them in cold blood and then they run away. My but, favorite part of that scene is Wayne's guard hears commotion happening. So he busts open the door, all concerned, like, oh, no, what's that? Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's his hands sword. in the sword, like, just make it fast. <laughs> I so, hated this. And and the the only reason I hated it is because this is a king. This is a king. He's got a king's guard. There is no way they would get out of that room after killing this guy. Much right. less out they're, of the They're whole like the middle of that, the palace and they just walk out. Yeah, that's insane. They actually no, jump, they, jump I, I, I 100% to them on the agree with you, Jeremy. This is the most irritating and low point of the anime. Um, this is, you know, just kind of cements that Wayne can do no wrong and he can get away with anything. Yeah. Um, the, the A, you know, he didn't have guards in there with him, which is strange for any yep. negotiation. But also that you can, yeah, murder literally a king and get away. Mm. And not and even also assassinating not... either. Like this but, is just natural but that's also not... negotiation. But up to this point, that's not Wayne's style. Sure, he went after the general for his racist general, but like this was a political move, and he's always been able to withhold himself. So the fact that he loses control here just kind of didn't make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, the whole the whole I'm and he suffers no consequences yeah. for for this meeting. And th that's the biggest one that got me like I can buy that he assassinated him. I can buy that he made enough commotion. He was able to get out because of the circumstances were set up. But the fact that there was no retribution, there was no like multiple allegiances collapsing down upon his nation. Uh, that that just didn't make sense to me. Well, no, I 100% agree with you. First of all, I already said I like I like that the character does this because I like that the character has a flaw. Um, I don't like that there's no consequences. The story does exposition. When they leave, they set multiple fires to the city. They manage to start a rumor that the general is the one responsible for the assassination. I don't know how anyone's buying that. It seemed like Codmelia was helping spread that rumor, or was she just enjoying it? I was looking No, yeah, they, uh, she she got a hold of one of these letters and she's like, oh yeah, let's fan the flames. Okay, so yeah, she she was helping. They run away. The general's army chases after them. Um, meanwhile, the rebellion is also coming for them, and their route is cut off. So they they fake which way they go. They make the rebellion and this army chasing them run into each other, and then the Nazir forces show up with the retired general. He didn't really retire. This was all a trap from the beginning. <laughs> Uh, to to draw out a rebellion just to see if there was one, and they all die, and wine wins. That's oh, a and, running theme. And then <laughs> Zeno is like, "We will become a vassal state." So basically, they get another country, just because. 
And Wayne complains about it because I guess it's more work. I He is so inconsistent with his wins, whether he enjoys it or whether he thinks it's more work and he's lazy, that there's no consistency in his character. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some responsibilities once you have a vassal. you got to be able to defend him and stuff. But I don't really understand why she bothered to become a vassal other than just gratitude. Um, because they didn't have... Okay, so in the history they gave us in the first episode, it told us that his nation and Marden were equivalent. And then the gold mine happened. And Marden pulled ahead. So if you take away the gold mine... They're really not in a worse off spot than they were before, other than maybe losing some of their standing army. So, no, um, the the whole reason she's the only one left of her royal family is because the palace collapsed under the attack from the other neighboring nation. The building or the royal line? The royal line and their entire government. Sure, but if she's ruling again, then the government's back up and running. Even if she's a vassal, it's back up and running. Sure, but at what capacity if if they're still sure. hurting from after that war or after that rebellion um maybe this was a good way to because later on in the anime we get the whole line of when you become more powerful or when you become more stable you can then have your independence like that she's obviously in a worse state than they were before well traditionally from what i understand uh, Roman and, and Greek, and well, basically just Roman, really, um, when they would have vassal nations, those vassal nations would send tribute to the ones they owned. They didn't get support from. So, like, she wouldn't get support from him. She'd have to send him money because she's a vassal. The support from him would come in the form of military support if she was ever right. oppressed. So um, that would mean that it would be more of a burden on their on their their uh, business and economy in order to be a vassal than it would to be independent. Even though he does find out a way to boost them financially by basically smuggling goods from one half of the continent to the other half of the continent that won't like it. (laughs) Could have done that through just regular trading and not vassalship, but yeah, he might not have been inclined to do that if it wasn't a vassal. But you're right, because his whole thing is like, no, these are made in Nacho. Why couldn't you have said that from the beginning? (laughs) Right. Yeah. I don't know. It just it's it all feels weird. It feels like it's not really completely thought out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Despite them explaining it so so yeah. much. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Alright, so now we're back to the Empire side, uh, and the summit of heirs is is gonna take place. So basically let's see if I got this right. There's a merchant city in the very middle of the Empire. But it's not part of the Empire. And they're deciding to join the Empire now. Okay, so I got that right. And so they're meeting with this mayor. Uh, and also all the heirs to the throne are going to meet and try to make a decision who will take the throne. Which they do, and no one makes a decision because they all want it for themselves. That seems obvious. But basically this is really a rallying point to see how many allies they can get on their side. Uh, so Loa get, this is another Loa scheme. And she's like, I'm going to get Natra here. Uh, but except for wine, so busy dealing with the war that just finished that, uh, princess Valaria goes instead. Uh, 
she's manipulated by Loa to try to seem like she's on Loa's side, and Ninim's there to try to put a stop to that as much as possible. But when she meets the three princes, who I'm not even going to bother naming, the oldest one is super rude and sees it offensive that the prince of Natra didn't come in person. Anyway, we also she also Talaria gets to see the towns, uh, like you said, the um, council of um, it's part it's like a parliament of all the merchants where they decide, hey, are we gonna have a dock with Doctor? We're gonna have taxes. What are we gonna do? And they debate and they debate and she gets to see that and she also learns how to speak aloud to people there. <laughs> Very <laughs> <So> important. <laughs> um, the prince, uh, the oldest prince that was offended, he decides to get revenge on wine by asking the, his little sister for her hand in marriage. And so he shows up and he does that. But it's literally like, I'm just going to torture her and I'm going to be, I'm going to beat her when they can't say anything because it's my wife. Um, but he's kind of got her in a political stalemate because he's like, I, I'm, we're the empire and not just a tiny country. This would be a huge opportunity for your country to marry me. So what do you say? And she's like, well, I, I should ask my brother trying to stall. And he's like, mm, you're stalling. That's a, that's a war crime. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then wine shows up. And I honestly thought like wine had like foreseen that. I thought they were going to have wine come in and be like, I foresaw you would ask her for yeah. a marriage and I have a plan. But no, he comes in and he just, he actually is like, oh, this was really bad timing for me to show up. I'm going to make things worse. Uh, he gets a it little was, note. Yeah, that was really funny. I love that Ninim, Ninim gave him I, that note. I love the nonverbal uh, conversations that the characters have, where they just look at each other like, "You owe me." No, technically, I've already paid you back like three times for this. You need, you owed me. This yeah. is. Um, so his plan is like, "Oh yeah, I consent to this marriage. Also, I'm gonna, I'm gonna marry Loa. Remember." And then I was like, oh, in our country, two people can't marry into the same family. Oh, that's a that's a weird rule that I just made up. <laughs> uh, and they call it out like she's lying on purpose. He's like, oh, that's a good one. It's a good lie. Uh, so he, he decides him and the prince will meet the next day. Meanwhile, the youngest prince is like, hey, that wine guy showed up. He's really smart. We're going to kill him. <laughs> because that's how we define cunning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when and wine, he's uh he's getting all tired. He has a conversation with Loa. Doesn't matter. Um, when he goes to meet with this oldest prince, he he instantly realizes that his tea is poison. He's like, "Hey, tea server, drink my tea." <laughs> obvious poison wine is obvious. Yeah. Tea. yeah. She's like, "No, it's an expensive tea. I can't do that." He's like, "No, I told I'm a prince. You have to drink it." And then the the emperor prince is like, oh, you're such a weakling. You you think I'm going to poison you? Look, I drink the tea. I love he's like, that. No. He's like, no, don't drink the tea. It's clearly poison. He drinks it and he's poisoned. He doesn't. And then we do a flash cut to days later. That prince survived. He ran back to his kingdom to hole up. The other two princes are using it as an excuse to surround the merchant city, blaming them for the assassination attempt. Which is insane. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since one of them knows who did it, and this having this country on their the city on their side would help their claim to the throne. Um, also, the religious group from the other side has brought an army over just to to get involved. Yeah, they want to capitalize on the whole yep, fighting. They just want to be involved. Uh, and Weiss, he gets arrested for multiple days, and then after being arrested, he passes out from exhaustion. I would have slept while I was arrested, but that's just me. <laughs> it's funny because they had to basically find a way to incapacitate him 
so that another character could yeah. solve a problem. Because <laughs> if he was not incapacitated, he would have to solve it. It's just weird that they set us up like, this is coming any moment, skip to a couple days later, and say, no, it's still happening, just trust us. It kept happening, he's still very tired, he never got any sleep at this point, and so he passes out. Yeah, um, which is also weird because like he's in prison, what else are you going to do? Right. <laughs> you should have well, slept. scheme, obviously. And, well, that's true. Know. Uh, so Falaria ends up being a rallying cry through through that uh, meeting hall where all the merchants met. She she uses her voice and she uses hand movements to convince people, <laughs> let's rally together. And very vague motivational words. Yeah. It's like the literally first... apply to anything. Yeah, it was just like the first speech, like in episode one, when he gave the speech to the troops. And I was like, this is just a bunch of nonsense. Uh, but she said it passionately. Yeah, she did. Which was important. That, that was her arc. She had to learn how to speak passionately, especially like how do short people get attention? They have to <laughs> animate, and get feet pointed at them, which is true. The yep. feet pointing at you is a sign of interest. That's important. Mm-hmm. Um all right, so she talks to Wine, he has a plan, and she basically leads an uh, exodus of all the merchants out of the city, and they march over to the religious army and ask for help. And Wine goes in, and he's like, hey, uh, I don't need you to fight for me. Sell me your equipment, your excess equipment and food, and the merchants will become an army, and we'll take back our own city, and that that benefits you. You know, you get you get all this money, and uh, so that that works. We get the scene where uh, Cal Melia is there, and she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna say no!" <laughs> and then the, yeah. the the king leading the army is like, "Yeah, no, that we're gonna do that. That's great." Well, his eyes get all wide when he's like, "We'll buy it for triple the going rate." He's like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know how much food I can buy with that." <laughs> so the merchants become a militia. And then Wine goes and meets with the princes, and he's like, if you start fighting that other evil, that, you know, a religious army's right there, ready to take you down. You can't have that. You you should also, you know who did the poisoning? Himself. <laughs> God, that awesome. was so dumb. <laughs> and the fact that they, I, the is, fact that they both like bought one. it and agreed to do it, to be like, yeah, okay, we believe that we can convince everybody that this brother did this to himself. They both know it's BS, but it's a prisoner's dilemma. If I say no and he says yes, he mm-hmm. gets all the power from this. And so I have to say yes. Uh, so I liked it just from from a prisoner's dilemma. Everyone knows it's a lie in the room. But now that it's said out loud, this is actually one of the few manipulations I enjoy. The, the one later I, I hate so much. But this one, <laughs> this one actually makes sense from a, a political, okay, if mm-hmm. I don't go along with this, I lose automatically. Dang it. <laughs> he got us. Yeah. yeah. I just don't know how they could convince anybody outside of that room. <laughs> right. That that uh, yeah. No one's gonna actually believe it. But it was about getting rid of the armies, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. And and now this whole uh town is locked in with um Loa as their the one they want to become emperor. Oh, yeah, and then we're in the middle of episode 10 when this plot arc ends and a new one starts. <laughs> so we're going back to the religious side. Um, so, yeah, about we mentioned he's taking goods from the east, 
rebranding them and then selling them to the West through Martin. Uh, and it's super profitable. It's so profitable. The character whose plot is mentioned in the title of the anime gives up that plot. Forget selling the kingdom. I'm getting rich this way. <laughs> that drove me a little nuts, but that's fine. <laughs> um, he basically gets invited to this other country where, where the king that uh, from the army we had just met, the one who had agreed to, to sell off the extra weapons, uh, has invited him. Uh, goes there, stops by Marden. Marden's like, hey, there's one other country slightly to the south of the one you're going to. They're upset about the stuff we're selling. Apparently there's, there's yellow in it. It's not, it's not, they have, re- they're very, very religious more than even the other countries, and so they have an issue. Um, he's like, yeah, no, keep selling selling it. Also, he thinks he's going to get a marriage proposal, and he's very excited about that, and Zeno doesn't do it. And she tells him that your face isn't good enough. <laughs> yeah, you're not my type. <laughs> you're not my type. He takes it very personally, um, but then we find out, oh, it's just because I liked him too much. Yeah. Uh, I did like his speech of why he's wary of his own people. Um, that, that was a good message, but that, yeah. That, any commoner is a noble in the, waiting to happen. Uh, yeah. Potential noble or, you know, it, basically we all come from, you know, humble roots. Right. We should, you know, the kings are the people who just them. took it. Watch out for revolutions. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make them. <laughs> uh, this this uh, leader from this religious, super religious country, Sig Sergis, shows up, and so he had sent. He's the one who had sent the letter explaining about the goods, and he shows up. He's like, "Hey, this is a problem. Uh, I don't want these selling anymore." He's like, "Oh, you're not a holy elite. You don't get to speak for the religion. You need to go home." I said they're from Natra, and you have to believe me. <laughs> and so he's all pissed off, and then we go and we meet uh, Gruyere. Who's this big fat king who likes who don't walking is for commoners. <laughs> he has to be carried on his throne around. And he's like, I do all my talking in the food room, in the the banquet hall. So they he feeds wine. Wine can't wine's like, if I make an alliance with this guy, we are golden. Our country will expand. Everything will be better. This is like this is like things are good. It'll be great with an alliance with this guy. And he gets so distracted by the food, he forgets to make an alliance. And then every time after he tries to talk to him, this guy blows him off. So he comes to the conclusion, oh, he, I'm here for him to kill me. We need to go. And right when he comes to that conclusion, he gets invited to talk to him. And the guy's like, hey, oh, we never talked about how Ninim has to dye her hair whenever they go to this side of the continent to black. He's like, yeah, I know, I know that she's that race that we're racist against. I'm not racist. I don't really care. And I, I really liked his speech about, you know, I do what I think is morally right, and then God will tell me if I did it okay when I get to the end. I, I was like, oh, is this a character I'm going to jam- gel with? And then, like, five minutes later, they're like, I've been lying! I'm evil! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which um, was really weird, because, right, he, he has his servants carry him around on that Yes, that's what I, that I was thing. thinking, like, that's very opposite to how you've been acting. Like, exactly. Every person is worth their equal value. So carry me. <laughs> carry me around. I'm so superior. I don't need to use my legs. Yeah. yeah. I had that thought. So I was yeah, I was starting to gel with this guy. And then, yeah. And he's like, yeah, an alliance. We should super do an alliance. Super alliance. I love that. You should go. Um, 
And then as he goes, hey, we're attacking you. Uh, so technically, the country, the religious country that's mad is the one attacking. But because they're a lot in alliance with Gruyere's country, Gruyere is doing the attacking for him. And Gruyere is just like, I'm super excited to fight a strong guy. Um, it's one of those characters. Mm-hmm. So to deal with it, Wine goes and uh, m- manipulates Sergis with oh. Zeno. Also, just as a very, very quick side note, in the intro, they show this redheaded girl, as oh, yeah. it, and she's got like this um, daughter, mischievous look and everything. Three years it's his, it's his daughter. There's like in the intro, it, it gives the impression that she's going to be an important character because she's displayed with all the other harem girls, and she just gets like one scene where she introduces herself and that's it. Next, <laughs> I just, next season. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah I, I, that's what I took it. She's important because Gruyere doesn't go off the board. I thought Gruyere was going to yeah. die, and they're like, why would the princess matter then? But no, Gruyere is going to be a constant player. Um, so then the princess would also be a factor. So it's going to get a second season, huh? I don't think so. But the, the, <laughs> I'm sure the manga, or yeah, I think it's a manga that is based on, went on longer. Anyway, he goes to the circus. So his plan is the people who are upset with us, we go and appease to them to get them to call off the fighting so the country attacking us will stop attacking us. Meanwhile, his forces are attacking and then losing. Oh, we're falling back, running back to the gold mine, doing the same move of, hey, <laughs> we're way stronger when we're standing over here. Come fight us. Yeah. So he tells the circus and he's like, hey, first, Zeno's like, I'll give you twice the land back. Their official dispute is we loaned you land and now we're taking it back. And she had said, no, that's their official dispute. She's like, I'll give you twice back the land. He's like, no, I don't care. I'm going to become a holy elite going through with this. And then Wine's like, hey, you should help me kill that other guy because after he takes me down, he's going to take you down. And also, um, and he's like, no, I can't help you, but you can send your refugees to me. He's like, okay, I'm going to send my entire country to you. <laughs> also, I've poisoned all so of cool. your, your citizens with yellow coloring dye. And when I send my refugees plus all your sick citizens, it will collapse your country and you'll lose. So. But I also, have the I, antidote. Yeah, I also have an antidote, so go attack this country. Or go attack the, the bad guy for me from the rear, and then we'll kill him. So ridiculous. And then we get expedition of, or exposition of, and he did this at a particular time so that he knew that while he was doing it, a messenger would burst into the proceedings. It's like, okay. And they even know how ridiculous that is because they're like, yeah, not just anyone. Normally, you couldn't coordinate when the messenger <laughs> will arrive by horse to have. And he was so happy because he's not any ordinary prince. It's our prince. And he did. This manipulation. I So this one and one of the other ones. To me, it's a poker player who goes all in on every hand. Mm. And yeah, that works sometimes. But eventually, someone's going to have a good enough hand where they're like, yeah, I don't think you poisoned me. Uh, it, it was the it was actually the fight where he threw the dagger and he said poison. Eventually, someone's gonna be like, "Okay, prove you have poison," <laughs> and then, "Oh, I guess I am 100% bluffing and totally lose everything." That's yeah. that's my issue with it. It's a it's an all in move for when there's no need to go all in. All he had to do was like, "Are my citizens sick? Did you poison everyone in the continent? Because these goods are going to everywhere." Yeah. What? That's an insane lie. That's an insane, yes. easily called out lie. Yeah. Anyway. And he doesn't even believe it at first. And then all of a sudden yeah. he gets talked into it. Well, and, yep. and the idea is you can't risk it not being true. But again, at some point you got to be like, well, 
Can you prove any of this is true? <laughs> Can you show yeah. me one sick citizen? Yeah. Uh, he, this, this, this Sergus goes along with it. They attack from the rear. Uh, Gruyere, they get caught out. And then it's, uh, Ninim who kills him, but it doesn't. They actually just capture him. And then Wine goes to Gruyere, who's now very skinny because he's been locked up. Uh, and he's like, hey, uh, I'm going to start peace accords with the three countries that were involved in this and make a three country alliance and it's going to be awesome. And I just need you to sign these papers and then we're not going to execute you. That's part of the, the, the deal and uh, just sign it and we'll all be friends again. And he's like, nope. <laughs> I don't want to sign it. I only, I, I don't want to sign it if I don't know what kind of beast is inside you. And so Wine tells him that we don't get to hear it. It goes silent. He tells him what kind of beast he is. He's like, Oh, I have to see that. Okay. I'm on your team. I will sign the document. Also, the other guy, Sergis, because he betrayed a country he just allied with, they got rid of him. No one's questioning me. Um, that would never happen, <laughs> but he instantly got called out for making a bad decision and is gone. And everything worked out. This so, uh, it irritates me so much when stories do this because it's like if there is a piece of information you don't want the audience to know, why are you teasing them with it? The, so they come back for season two, <laughs> right? But it's an obvious crappy tease yeah. that most of the time doesn't work. Like yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, uh, like anyways. what do you, what do you want to bet that the, the secret that he told him was like? I'm going to create a world where we're all equal and the monarchy is disbanded. No, and, and that's probably not what he said. He probably said probably something to the effect of, I just want to retire. I'm just trying to get my kingdom up to a particular value so I can sell it. Why would he want to see that? Like, why would he be like, I can't wait to see your dream of you retiring? <laughs> probably because he's like, that sounds so outrageous. Why would you <laughs> okay. sell your kingdom? Maybe. So, E, e, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion does this move in one of their endings, and I like it there because it's meant to be open to interpretation. What do you think the character said? And it's never going to be revealed. Apparently, it's a secret. Um, but here, I hate it. That's not what they're going for. <laughs> this is clearly like. Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan. All right, uh, let's go to our final reviews. Jason, this was your choice. What do you got? Uh, there was a lot to enjoy and there was a lot to not enjoy. Um, I had a lot of problems with the storytelling itself. Obviously they had some budget issues. Um, but I was entertained. Um, so it's, it's kind of a low three, but it's a three for me. I don't have enough hate for it that I can bring it down to a two. So there was another anime that I Recent? did, but. Yeah, yeah definitely yeah. a three. Jeremy, right what in the middle of the road. Very mediocre. <laughs> um, so, yeah, for me, it's also a three. Um, mm. Overall, mm. I just. <laughs> there, there wasn't enough for me to knock it down to a two. Like, you've got to really, really have some problems if I'm going to mark you as a two. Um, <laughs> so, there was. I just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways yeah mediocre but yada yada you heard all the complaints yeah i agree with everything they've said except for the score i think it's a two I, just because i i had a hard time getting through it and um i i'm sure a lot of people worked really hard on this and i think there's a lot of potential and i think with bigger budgets i 
would have liked it. Uh, but I was very bored. The heavy exposition and the one note characters just didn't cut it for me. And, and lack of theme. I mean, theme is what I'm looking for, and it, it didn't have that to, to keep me hooked. So a two for me. If Troy's going to do a two, can I switch mine to a five? I know. I was thinking the same thing. I think it kind of balances out the things I have to complain. <laughs> I'm not yeah, crazy. A lot of people <laughs> like that anime and would give it a five. You know, one thing. One thing this anime didn't have is a character that couldn't speak and just went. I, 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 That's I'm not sure. a bad thing. Leave a comment in our, our section for ranking the kings where that, that belongs. Or a character that's devoted entirely to exposition. These guys all shared the burden. <laughs> it had less flashbacks than Rankin of Kings. That's the one hey, thing it did go. better. It, it did have flashbacks. A lot less yep. crying. Yep. More believable political maneuvering. It didn't have enough crying. I need more crying in my anime. <laughs> okay. That would have brought it to a three. We are ending. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Huh. Our next anime again is Dolls Frontline, which is about anime girls built for fighting with model numbers yeah dolls built for fighting don't also based on a mobile game from what i read yeah always a huge hint of success Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll be watching the diablo immortal anime soon i'm sure (laughs) oh man god oh well probably have to pay for it um if it was all carbot art i would love it let's say goodbye thanks for listening we'll see you next time Diana.